Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. I'm still your host, flying solo this week, NJ Smith. And if you haven't listened to the show before, each week I take a film, uh, sometimes with a guest, sometimes like I'm doing right now, that I've never seen before, and I give you my expectations for the film. And then the following week, I will have watched the film and I will let you know what I thought about the film. So, before I get into all that, I usually go over what I watched this week. Well, I didn't watch too much this week. I've been watching Gotham. We have, we're three episodes behind, and we've gotten caught up. It's still kind of okay. I'm still rooting for it. I think it still has potential. I'm getting a little tired of some of the characters. I'd like to spend more time with established Batman characters rather than characters they've made up for the show. I'm looking at you, Fish Mooney. And then I also watched John Wick for a second time with uh, my fiance and my roommate. And it was even better a second time because it was so good. I, I, it was It was awesome. Uh, yep, still love that movie. So that's about it for what I watched this week. So I'm going to do something a little bit different with, um, with this section. And I want to talk about a trailer that came out last week. Now, if you listen to the episode that I recently did with Kristen Falls, my fiance, we talked about the 1973 uh, horror film The Exorcist. And in doing that, we, we mentioned that, that we hadn't really gotten into horror movies before the last probably year and a half. I'd obviously seen horror movies prior to where I got, like, I don't want to say I'm a super fan of them, but I, I, I enjoy them more than I did at one point. But one movie that I, I've always loved, um, I saw it when I was way too young to see it, but it, it stuck with me. It's the only film that's ever given me nightmares. Um, Watching it as an adult, it's not that scary, but my, it's my favorite horror movie of all time, is Poltergeist from 1982. I think it's a perfect horror film. I mentioned this on the episodes with Kristen. There's a turn that happens in this movie that's just fantastic. It's it's kind of this light, almost Ghostbusters-y, playful, uh, you know, we're kind of screwing around with ghosts and they do funny things. And then they hire a team of paranormal investigators to come into the house, and one of them uses the restroom, and not to spoil anything, but some grisly things happen in the restroom. And from that point forward, the movie gets super dark and super scary, um... And, and, and like, you realize the, these aren't nice ghosts that are here. And I think that's, uh, I, I just love that turn. I love how dark everything gets after being so playful for as long as it is. So this week, this last week, a trailer came out for a 2015 update of the film Poltergeist. Uh before I start crapping on it too hard, because I'm going to, it has a lot going for it. And I feel like this is where my dismays come from. Besides it being a movie near and dear to my heart, I think it's a lot of wasted potential. Sam Raimi's a producer on this. Ghost House Productions is handling it. Sam Rockwell is in the Craig T. Nelson role. I think that's actually a really good casting choice. But that trailer is atrocious. I don't know if the movie's going to play out like this, because there's obviously, you know, 
an hour and 58 minutes at least of footage we haven't seen. But it just felt so heartless. Like, it, it just didn't have anything behind it to, to make me really care about it. And I think that was the problem. It also looks like from the get-go, things get really dark really fast. I hope that's not the case because it's one of the best things about Poltergeist is that tonal shift. But it just looks like not as much love and care and respect for the original franchise went into it. And I'm not I'm not anti-remake. Um, I do think we're inundated with them and I think we should probably move away from that. But I'm not like... Whenever they, they remake a movie, I don't think that it sullies the memory of the original. Uh, in the case of The Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid's not that good, you guys. I saw it after the new one came out, and it's, I mean, it's fine, but it's probably not as good as you remember it. You just have nostalgia attached to it. And I probably do with Poltergeist too, and that's fine. I don't think that the new version of Poltergeist is going to ruin the original Poltergeist for me, because that movie's still a masterpiece, and it still exists. New Poltergeist doesn't make old poltergeist stop existing but i would have liked to have seen a 2015 update that's really cool and like has some playfulness to it and then gets really scary and i think sam rockwell can hit those emotional beats really nicely of like the burdened father especially once the daughter gets taken and um and he has to deal with you know um uh, being a father that lost his daughter but it just looks he doesn't look like he's in it fully. It looks like he's not really buying into what they're doing. And it makes me sad because I would I would like that. A couple other complaints I have about the trailer is that this movie is also being produced by the people who did The Grudge. And it shows. Um, there's a couple times where they show some ghosts and they have that grudge face. And it's just, it's it's played out and it's tired and it's just those guys go to move now. And so it's not that scary. Um, the clown scene is really stupid. It's really scary in the original one. In this one, they put too much on the fact that you kind of see the clown moving and then the clown jumps off of a, off of a, uh, a shelf and attacks the little boy in this one. And it's just, there's no suspense behind it. It's just completely suspenseless. Like, it's just like, here's a jump scare. Here's a jump scare. Here's a jump scare. Here's a jump scare. And you eventually get tired of it. Like, you fall into that rhythm of the movie and it it doesn't really do anything for you. That's how I felt about the trailer, at least. Maybe the movie's paced a little bit differently. Something else I have a problem with, and it's no fault of anyone who's involved. This is just kind of that side of me that thinks, you know, but the original. You've got Jared Harris, I believe is his name, in the Zelda Rubenstein role is what it looks like. And Zelda Rubenstein is so iconic with her voice in that movie that I I can't picture anyone else being that character. Um, I understand Zelda Rubenstein is dead, and so it's impossible to get her to be in the movie. But it just makes me sad inside that she won't be involved. I think he the char- that character looks really fun and interesting, but I just like no matter who they got to play it and how that person chose to play it. It's one of those things that's too close to my own heart and my own memories attached to that movie to really give it a fair shot. And that may be the case with the entire movie. I wanted to go in open-minded. Sam Rockwell's one of my favorite actors right now, and I think he does amazing work. So I was open to it. Sam Raimi always does good horror movies. My second favorite horror movie of all time is Drag Me to Hell, which Sam Raimi directed. And so I, I usually trust Sam Raimi when it comes to horror movies. I mean, the guy brought us Evil Dead. So I don't know. 
let me know what you guys think about the Poltergeist trailer, whether or not you agree or disagree. Um, I honestly don't know if I'm going to see it or if I'm just going to be like, let's just watch the original Poltergeist because that movie is sweet. So take that uh, as you will. Let me know what you guys think. That's it for what I watched this week. Oh, that and Straight Outta Compton looks like it's going to be awesome. You guys should go check the Red Band trailer out for that because it looks really good. It looks really good. So let's move on to the movie that I'm going to be watching over the next week. Uh, In the previous set of episodes, we watched a horror film from 1973. This year, uh, this week, I'm going to be watching a comedy from 1973 that actually ended up winning the Best Picture Oscar. I'm going to be watching the 1973 film The Sting, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Um, It's a movie about two con men in the 1930s. Uh, One of them's kind of a rookie, and one of them is... You know, the, 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 I don't want to say the old grizzled one, but like the experienced guy. And so he kind of takes him under his wing and, and trains him on how to, how to be a con man. And they go in on a big con together to, uh, steal from a banker who's corrupt. And, you know, it's kind of a no brainer if you think about it. Um, Robert Redford and Paul Newman, two of the greatest actors of their generation, teaming up again as, Butch Cassidy in, and the Sundance Kid, which came out, I think, a year before, maybe two years before. Let me find out. Oh, it came out four years before, three years before, in 1969. And so teaming these guys up again is obviously always a good idea, as proven by Butch Cassidy and uh, presumably The Sting. It's considered to have one of the greatest screenplays of all time. I don't know why. I don't actually know too much about The Sting. It won seven Oscars in 1973 and is number 88 on the top 250 movies of all time list on IMDb. So there's some uh, there's some greatness behind this movie. It's also directed by the same guy who directed Butch Cassidy and the Sun and His Kids. So th- this concoction of people is magic on screen, apparently. I'm actually really excited about this movie. It's got Marvin Hamlish did the music for it, which... Could go either way. He did the music for The Spy Who Loved Me, and that music is terrible. But he also did a chorus line, and that movie super well-loved. So, uh, plus it's got the entertainer in it. I mean, come on. Awesome cast, awesome soundtrack, awesome director. And, and uh, you know, I find it appropriate that I'm doing an Oscar winner at this time of year. Because it's Oscar season right now, and so I think it's really cool to do a previous Best Picture winner. Um... I'm, I'm, I might be working on a project having to deal with past Best Picture winners, but more on that um, in a few weeks as that develops. Uh, so this is sort of to dip my toe in the water on this. Also, I love con movies. Like, I love them. They're one of my favorite genres of film. Um, I think they're really cool. I think they're really slick. I do think it's a little weird that you end up rooting for criminals. Um but, like, the Oceans movies, I like them for the most part. Oceans 12 is terrible. Oceans 13 is pretty good. And Oceans 11, I think, is sweet. I love the Italian job. Matchstick Man, if you guys haven't seen Matchstick Man, please watch it. I know it's Nicolas Cage, but he's really good in it. He plays a con man with OCD who gets reunited with his daughter who he didn't know he had. And Sam Rockwell's also in that. It was directed by uh, Ridley Scott. And I don't really like Ridley Scott movies, but... It's really good. I really like Matchstick Man. You guys should check that out. Um, so this is a, a genre that I really like. It's uh, this movie in particular, The Sting, is pretty iconic as far as 
con movies go, so it's kind of the cardinal sin to have not seen the granddaddy of con movies, but I'm changing that right now. Uh, I do think I'm going to be very interested in the pacing of this movie, because modern con movies are really slick and sort of like, you know, there's there's this like, there's this editing going on where there's like frames, uh, Ocean's Eleven has a lot of like almost comic book type panels going on, where you see those people doing those things, but it has a lot more characters to balance as well. So I'm I'm really interested to see how the pacing of con movies has uh, evolved, or as some may see it, devolved since The Sting. Um, I know the original Ocean's Eleven, the pacing on that is really terrible and kind of bogged down because there's so many characters in it. But I think The Sting might benefit from the fact that there's only two main con men involved and then one target. So you don't have to keep up and, and juggle as many things at once. As far as, as the writing goes, it's obviously considered one of the best screenplays of all time. Like I said, it won an award for that. And I, I always like those uh, those examples of like screenwriting books and like and like how to how to write for the screen. Tootsie is another example of how to write a good comedy for the screen. Um, I'm I'm really interested in in what goes into writing a good thing because I don't know much about writing. I'm I've dabbled in it, but I've dabbled in more like criticism stuff. So I don't really know how to plot out a story, and I'm I'm interested in seeing what goes into that. So every time I see something that's like kind of one for writing, I, I really enjoy that. But overall, I think I'm my expectations are pretty high for The Sting. I really, like I said, I really like these actors. You know, guy who did Butch Cassidy is behind the camera. It won seven Oscars. There's a lot going for it. And so I'm interested to see what happens in 2015. Um, to see how it plays to, you know, me as an audience now who has never seen that movie. Because in 1973... It made $160 million, which is insane. So it, it was a big deal. And I'm, I'm really fascinated, and I hope it's good. I think it will be good. It's, it, it seems like it. Like I'm going to be really surprised if, if I don't like it. I also decided to do something a little bit lighter uh, than the last couple episodes I've had because we had a sweeping, uh, we had a sweeping epic two two episodes ago and then we had you know what's considered the scariest horror film of all time last episode so this is a good way to pump the brakes and sort of uh not really rest per se but take a uh take a breath in 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 all of this madness that, that i've been going through you know there's there's a lot that goes into this so thank you guys for listening and uh keep your comments coming uh, subscribe to me on SoundCloud. I'm hoping to get the the show on iTunes very soon, but we'll see about that. Um, if you have any questions or comments or uh, recommendations for a film, please feel free to email me. It's uh, beforeandaftershow at gmail.com is the website. Uh, if you can follow me on Twitter at beforeandafterpod, that's at before the letter N, afterpod on Twitter because of Twitter naming conventions and things. And just thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it really means a lot. I love it. I love hearing feedback, whether it's in person or online. I will say online helps uh, SoundCloud determine whether or not I'm being listened to. So please comment on the episodes. Please send in your emails. I love reading them. I will read them on air. Um, I will likely have a snarky remark for them on air, but it's because I love you guys, if that if that helps. Uh, 
so yeah, I will be back next week with a full review of uh, The Sting, starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford and the Best Picture winner of 1973. Uh, until next time, go watch something. <laughs>